Welcome to the Open Door Church podcast. Our prayer is that you will be encountered and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and challenged by the word of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and stir faith as you listen to this week's message. As he said, my name is Gary. My wife's name is Cheryl. I'm also blessed to have Brian, my son, Amy, our daughter-in-law, Carter, Jeremiah, uh, Amelia, and Shiloh, and they're downstairs. The rest are back there. This morning, I just want to talk to you just a little bit about what God did. It took me on a uh, three-year journey, probably, well, I don't know, several, several years ago. But it's a journey that he gave me one scripture, and then just a part of that scripture to think about all year long. And there was a point in time when I was doing this that I thought, Lord, am I just that slow that you couldn't give me part of the scripture? All year? And I just waited on him, and there was no answer, and I said, whatever you need, let's move on. <laughs> so for a year, the first, for the first three, for the three years of that, he just gave me that one scripture, part of it, to think about. I didn't have to do the Greek thing, I didn't have to do the Hebrew thing. He just wanted me to take that part of the scripture and think about it. And see what it did. And it took all year to, not only say fully understand, but to understand what that was. So I'm going to take you through that. Because that has been several years ago. And I have never forgot it. It is on my mind almost daily that I think about these things. So first, first he brought John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that so whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This scripture is, is the first and most well-memorized scripture in all of the world. You see it on cardboards, in sporting games. You, I have seen it on the back of, of semi-trucks. This scripture is literally everywhere. It is the beginning of all kinds of knowing Jesus Christ. So what he gave me was, for God so loved the world. So the first part of that is for God. For God. Now, how do you explain God? How do you explain Him? This is how I explain God for me. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He will introduce you to His Father God. The Holy Spirit will teach you about God. That is how I, I see it. That's how I explain it to me. This is God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God was always there. God has always been and will always be. He was there in the beginning. And when I think about that, some of the times where my beginnings, God has always been there to direct me in that beginning. When I look at the next one in Exodus 3.14, this is where Moses and God are having a conversation about the burning bush, or not about it, but in the burning bush and around it and all the things. And God is telling Moses just exactly what he wants him to do, to deliver the Israelites from the Egyptians and to deliver them out of their bondage and to deliver them away from there. And in this, what he tells them, finally Moses just says, well, who do I tell them sent me? Because he's just wandering around in the desert. They don't really know who he is that I know of. God says to him in verse 14, he says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me. He is, 
I am. There is no other. There has never been another. He is I am. And to say that to a group of people and say I am and they know who you're talking about, you're pretty powerful. You're pretty well known. I am has sent me. And they knew who he was talking about. In Malachi 3.6, God gives us a little insight into his character. Now you have to go through Malachi uh, chapter 3 and read the whole thing to see exactly what they're talking about. Because he's kind of talking with them and kind of rebuking them. And they kind of argue a little bit with him. And one of the things he tells them is, I, the Lord, do not change. And in that being of talking to them, he had to tell them, I, the Lord, do not change. Have you ever tried to argue with God? <laughs> have you ever won? <laughs> I have never won. I have told him how it's going to be. He has told me how it's going to be. And I shut up. <laughs> he doesn't change. I, the Lord, do not change. That's part of his character. The second part of that is to love the world. The world is a huge, huge, huge place. My world, if you look at my world, consists of 20 square miles. As far as I drive from one end of town to the other, that is my world. That's all I go. I go from city market to the post office. From the post office to home. And that's about it. That's my world. His world is the whole world. And in that, the world is a big place. In 2021, the population of the world was approximately 7.888 billion people. In 2023, the population of America was approximately 336 million people. In Colorado, there are approximately five. 5,913,324. In Archuleta County, there are approximately 13,743. In Pagosa Springs, there are approximately 1,758. And in this church, there's us. I was going to count you, forgot. <laughs> but you can see there's quite a few of us. And in that, we are part of that world. And in that, God loves the world. God loves each and every one of them that are in the world. Each and every one of them. Not just the ones you like. But each and every one of them. God loves them. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. When I look at that, I realize that what God did for me and for my wife and for you is that he thought about me. And he created me in his image so that when I come to know him, I would know him. And in his image, he created male and female. He thought about you. Understand that. That really needs to sink hope. He loves you, and he thought about you. In Psalms... 139.14, the psalmist writes, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The psalmist here knows, and I full well know it. 
Do you know it? How wonderfully that you were made by the hand of God? He just didn't walk through the Garden of Eden and go, oh, there's man. He purposely created us for him. To have a relationship with him. Purposely. You're thought of. <clears throat> Romans 5 8. It says, For God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrates it. Not only does he do all the little things that he does for us, he demonstrated his love for us by sending his son to die for us. Now I want you to read this very, very carefully to see this. He demonstrates his own love, not the love of Jesus but his own love. He loves you. He cares for you. He loves you. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Realize that he loves you. He didn't wait for you to come become a Christian to come to know who his son is. He loved you, and that's why he sent his son. So that he would die. I do not have to. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior. And God loves me. Long before anything else. The second year, he took me to Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody loves the scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And plans to give you a hope and a future. What he had me concentrate on was the fact he says, I know the plans I have for you. So we concentrated on just that part of it. The definition of know is to recognize as being the same as something previously known, to be acquainted or familiar with, to have experience of, to have knowledge or clear and certain perception as a fact or truth, to be cognizant or aware as of some fact, circumstance, or occurrence, have information as about something, the fact, or state of knowing. God doesn't just make this stuff up. He just all of a sudden didn't go, whoa, what am I going to do with Gary? Oh my gosh, I didn't see him coming. Oh my word, where did you, Gary, what are you doing? Now he does say that once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> he does say that. To have knowledge and clear and certain perception. He knows exactly what he wants to do with me. He knows exactly what he wants to do with you. Now let me just state this. When we start talking plans, everybody all, all of a sudden starts to think that he's going to call me to be a missionary in the deepest, darkest part of some country that I don't even know about, can't spell, or can't pronounce. And that is not true. Where you are right now, sitting in these seats, being in this community, is where he has plans for you. Now if he calls you, over there to wherever. That's when you and the Lord. But I, do not, I don't want you to think that that's what this is about. This is about the plans he has for you sitting in this church, being in this community, being where you work, being in everything that you do. He has plans for that. The next one that says the plans, a detailed proposal of doing or achieving something, an intention or decision about what one is going to do going to do. He has plans that he wants us to do. That is going to happen. 
And again, that doesn't mean he's calling you to be a missionary. He's calling you right where you are. And the plans he has for you are right where you are right now. For you, this is used to refer to the person or people being spoken or written to. When this scripture was written, it was written to a group of people. When I read this scripture, it is written to me. When I read that, that is a principle of God that works for me as his child. That he knows the plans that he has for me. God knows and has the plans for the world. God has plans for America. God has plans for Colorado. He has plans for Archelina County. God has plans for Pagosa Springs. God has plans for the Open Door Church. And God has plans for us. Let's bring that down just a little bit more. God has plans for you as an individual. And when I say individual, God has a plan for me. Just me. He has a plan for my wife. Just her. And together, as we're married, those plans intermingle together and become one, and we go forward. But I have a plan. She has a plan. She's not riding on my coattails, and I'm not riding on hers. I have a plan. And in that plan, all of you that are married here, you have a plan individually, and you have a plan as a married couple. All of you that are single have a plan that's just for you. And in that, it all comes together as one, and it works together for one in our relationships and in this church. That as we work those plans, whatever those plans are, those plans begin to work together and they begin to go forward. We go forward as a group of people for those plans. The third year. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, this let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let it be to me, is what God had me center on. Let it be to me. To me. This is Mary's statement to the angel. So let's look at the whole passage so we get the whole context of why she said what she said. Starting in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to man to a man whose name was Joseph, and the house or of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. The thing that I want to look at there is the fact that having come in, the angel of the Lord came to her. I don't believe that Mary, at least I have nothing to back that up of my own little, little thought process, Mary wasn't in her prayer closet going, Oh, Lord, let me be the mother of Jesus Christ. I don't think that was happening. But it happened. And it happened because the angel came to her. There are times when God will just come to you and say, I want you to do this. And sometimes I'm going, Are you serious? And he's going, well, yes. Yes, I am. I am very serious. So when you look at what the angel had said to her, 
in verse 30, he begins to tell her what it is they want. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of the father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. So here's the plan. He laid it out. He laid it out to her exactly how he how it's going to happen. This is what's going to be. When God lays out a plan for me, there are uh, it's not missing anything. It's just not. It's not missing a thing. Now in verse thirty four, then Mary said to the angel. How can this be, since I do not know a man? This is a question that is a very wise question. It is okay to ask questions of God, but ask it in wisdom. This is a fact. She does not know a man. She's not even married. She's just betrothed to be married. And all of a sudden, this angel's telling her what's going to happen. You're going to have a child. She's going, well, how can this be? And I don't know a man. I don't understand. When Mary asked this question, it was based on fact and not doubt. And when now this question, wisdom asks, how can this be? Fear asks, this cannot be. Do not let fear steal something that God's telling you to do, even if you don't fully understand what it's all about. But you know that you know. In your spirit, it is there. You know that you know God said this for me to do. And just because you don't understand all of it, because there are things even today I don't understand all of it. I just know that God said to do this, and therefore we try to do our best. Verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. The angel answered her question, gives her something that was thought impossible, and then states his own fact. Understand that sometimes when God asks us things and we go, I don't understand it, you will, in time, but nothing with God. Is impossible. With me, we're not going to get a thing done. With God, I will get all things done. Because He will work through me. And I have to be willing to do that. This is the other thing that I do that Mary did not do. And thank God she did not. She did not come up with a bunch of what ifs. Well, what if this? What if that? What if that? What if this? What if that over there? What about this over here? Lord, what do you think? This. And she did not do that. I will do that to myself, and I'll walk myself right out of a blessing. Because I enter in and start thinking about the what ifs. What ifs rarely happen. It's just all of a sudden we let our mind go crazy. And I can what if myself right out of a blessing God wants to give. Mary, based on the information she was given, she makes this statement. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let it be to me. It is an acceptance of that which God had asked her to do. 
as you have said. The angel laid it out. The angel put it there. And here it is. And she said, let it be to be. Hindsight tells us that it wasn't a walk in the park. And I think in a relative's matter, I mean, this is just me. I have, there's nothing Scripture says this, it's, except we do read a couple of places where Joseph's thinking, all these, that this thing that took place was not an easy thing for her to do. But it did take place. And she did know that God told her, this is what it is. And then the other thing that took place, and this is just the thought process at this point, is that he did confirm it through her husband. Because her husband had to be um, sit down and talk to him. <laughs> and God did. And thank the Lord, he listened. So it was confirmed. And there will be times that God will confirm what he's doing with you through different individuals, through what you're doing, or just simply through what you see. You do it, and nobody, you don't seem to think anybody knows. And sometimes, for me, that's, that's fine. I don't want everybody to know. But you see what is taking place out there. So this journey, this three-year journey, basically, come down to this. How to accept God's plan for my life? And those plans are being fulfilled daily in my life. And I know that. Those plans are being fulfilled in your life daily. And know that. Know that. Know that he is doing that. Sometimes if you're, if you're like me, I question what is taking place. Father, what I thought is not happening. And there are times when he has come to me and said, my ways are not your ways. And I have to understand how I think it needs to be done has a little bit to do with it, but how he thinks it should be done is what I need to follow. And follow that through. So this three-year journey came down to this, that God loves me. He loves me enough to send his son to die for me. He loved me before me was even a thought process. That's how I, I think of that. And he loves you. There are times when people struggle with the love of God. Well, God can't love me. Yes, he can. And did. Long before you even thought God was a process. I grew up in a church, and I grew up as a little, what I call a uh, pew runner. As soon as the adults bowed their head for prayer, under the pews, out the door. <laughs> and we played outside. Well, the adults were in the spiritual stuff. So I know how to play church. I know how to stand up. I know when to sit down. I know when to clap my hands. I know when to raise my hands. I know when to be quiet. I know when to say something. I know how to play church. But there came a point in the time where God changed all that. And it didn't become a play area. It became a God area. And it changed my life completely. And the plans that he had for me as a child, I do not believe that he waits for us to become 18. As soon as I was brought into this world, he goes, I have this plan for Gary. We're just going to walk him through. But it wasn't until I was 18 that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior that those plans began to fulfill themselves because I wasn't looking for plans. And here, coming to Pagosa, God has a plan for my life here. 
We have been here in two weeks, we'll have been here one year. In three weeks, my son and their family would have been here one year. And the whole reason we're here is the fact that God gave my son a vision of things he wants to do. He'd come to us and he said, probably three years ago, and he said, Mom and Dad, uh, Amy and I are buying property in Pocosa. That's good. Happy for you. <laughs> a year later, he comes back and he said, Dad, we're moving to Pocosa. And you need to go with. What? <laughs> that is so far out of left field, it's not even funny. We had a home. We had remodeled it. We had built it. It was brand new downstairs. We had remodeled the upstairs. And this was our forever home. We were going to stay there forever. We had worked hard and made it so that we could live in this house for our old years. Until my son. <laughs> out of nowhere, that comes. But that was there. And as my wife and I prayed about it, we had nothing telling us not to do this. There wasn't one thing that said we needed to do this. I'll be honest, there wasn't one thing that said that we should. It was just something that God was going to let, when he looked at us, and when I, I think about that, I said, whatsoever you do, it is under the Lord, that if we made that decision to do that, God was going to bless it. And so we made the decision to move we sold our house. We came moved here. It is not going to take long. It is not. It has been one of the toughest years we've ever had in our lives. But God brought us here. And God brought us here for a reason. To work with not only my son, but to be a part of this church in a matter of whatever part that might be. God has called us here to be in Pagosa, to be a part of Pagosa, whatever part that may be. I can't tell you what that is now. Because it seems like for so long we were on hold. Have you ever felt like that? That whatever you're doing has just been put on hold. And yet, the other day, my son, because we both have properties, he started on his. I have held babe, is he going to start? No, I ain't doing nothing on that property. I don't know what's going on. It's this, this that, and the other. I ain't touching nothing on that. I'm not moving a piece of dirt on that property. Until <laughs> I know. The other day, he called me. He said, Dad, he said, the, the ex excavator has to take his bulldozer out. Do you want him to at least do your driveway? And it was at that moment, it was actually that day, my wife and I sat down and we had a serious conversation of, what do we do? Do we go here? Do we go here? Do we go here? Do we do this? Do we do that? And when he said... The bulldozer needs to go away. Do you want him to at least do the driveway out? Yes. Let's get this thing started. And let's get this thing going. So it's just one little thing. So sometimes, church, when God's got plans for you, just take that first step. Just take it in faith. Because right now, this whole walk that we're doing with the house building and everything that's going on is a walk of faith. Because there are certain things I have no clue where that's going to come from. But it is a step and a walk. So God loves you. Understand that and know that. God has a plan for my life and a plan for your life. He has a plan for everyone in this building, from our youngest child to wherever, who is the oldest here? I don't know which one of us that is, but it's one of us. Has a plan. And thirdly, you just simply need to accept it. So let me reiterate again. 
that that plan that he has for you is probably, in my opinion, is no different than what you are doing right now. He's just going to have it done better through you with him. Through you with him. If God is, is telling you something different, that would be great. I'm sure we would all love to know what that is. But for the most part, as I put this together, I do not see that. I see God using you exactly where you are right now. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you want to check out more of our messages, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Just search Open Door Pagosa. Our ministry is made possible by the faithful generosity of people just like you. If you were blessed by this morning's message and want to partner with what the Lord is doing in Pagosa Springs, find us at opendoorpagosa.com. Here you can give and stay connected with everything we are doing as a church.